0: Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian calls this classic movie musical a sugar rush of a film. But Derek Malcolm, also of The Guardian, calls it a grave disappointment to anyone in search of style or substance. And about its sequel, Gary Arnold of The Washington Post says it's the most serendipitous sequel in recent memory. It is an ingratiating jubilant improvement on a crummy original. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Greece.
1: Reboot. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast.
2: Greeting, Starfighters. We're doing an episode now. Rune Childhoods, go, Rune Childhoods. <laughs> Greeting, Starfighters. We're going to talk about Grease.
0: <laughs> and we certainly are. But first, hello, Dan, and hello to our listeners. Welcome hello. to the show. We're doing another one. This is episode 134
2: can you believe it 134 and we don't have a, a celebration planned we a hundred one three four
0: i know i know a what mathematical a, what equation number. in a three-digit number <laughs> so that's very true addition we love it so hey, uh, and subtraction if you're going uh, sure if you're yeah of course why not uh how's it going how's it going dan it's going all right john how are you doing <laughs> I'm doing well. I uh, I watched a fantastic movie last night that is currently playing in theaters called "The Eyes of Tammy Faye." Uh, Jessica Chastain, Andrew Garfield, Vincent D'Onofrio. It's so good, directed by Michael Showalter. I didn't
2: realize Michael Showalter directed it. That is, it doesn't feel like other movies
0: that he's directed.
2: No, it kind of has the like it almost i don't i I guess it, it just from the little bit of like trailers that I've seen for it, like i I think the movie it recalls the most for me is probably like the People versus Larry Flint, just like from looking at it and looking at like the costumes and the depictions
0: <laughs> I've heard it compared to like a christian uh, like a a a televangelist boogie Nights, which, yes. It totally works. That works. It looks, uh, you know, and it's great. It's, it's really, it's really wonderful. It's very moving. I mean, when there's a movie about, you know, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and the real villain is not them, it's, you know, Jerry Falwell, which right. is not a surprise, but like, you know, when, when you're rooting for them, you know, that the movie has done a good job of, uh, of setting them up. Yeah. So I
2: wonder if it was like, how do we make the, them sympathetic? It's like, well, we'll throw, we'll introduce well, it, Jerry Falwell. It does a really
0: good job. I know, I know. And Vincent D'Onofrio plays Jerry Falwell, and he's oh. Jerry Falwell Senior, I should say. Yeah, and he's so good. He's so good.
2: Yeah, I'm really um, excited about it. I, I, I'm a big fan of Jessica Chastain's work.
0: She's great. Yeah, she's so good. I
2: really think. I just thought this was great casting. It looks like Andrew Garfield does.
0: <laughs> he does a. He does a good job. Yeah.
2: So, all right. Yeah, cool. So, the eyes of Tammy Fang. All right. So, get, get, you know, it, or, you know, if you you feel comfortable, if you, if you feel safe, yes. I
0: did not, I, I had a screener link to it, um, which is how I watched it. And the, uh, I'm actually going to see a movie tomorrow in a theater that requires vaccinations. And I'm going to see, uh, Shang Chi and, um, I feel like it's been out long enough that I'm not worried about the theater filling up or anything. Going with some friends, we're sharing a babysitter, and uh, yeah, uh, if we get there and it like feels uncomfortable, which I don't suspect it will, we're going to a theater that's you know a much smaller boutique movie theater. Yeah, that I don't suspect is going to be you know Lucy Goosey with the rules. You're not
2: going to the multiplex at the mall.
0: No. No. Not at all. Not at all. So, Dan, I wanted to talk about one more thing from our episode on being there. Mm. And this is something that, if you remember, this moment we stopped recording, I was like, ah, I've got one more thing. (laughs) I quickly wrote it down. So, uh, for anybody who didn't listen to our last episode, we talked about the movie Being There, which was... uh, the writing credit goes to Jersey Kaczynski, who wrote the novel that this was adapted from. And Jersey Kaczynski had written versions of a screenplay that were all apparently garbage. And uh, a wonderful, talented writer and editor named Bob Jones wrote the script that they actually shot. But Jersey Kaczynski refused to give him credit for it because he was not a great guy and uh bob jones who wrote the fantastic script for the movie being there turns out is the father of uh leslie jones a leslie jones the editor (laughs) is her name is leslie jones okay all right (laughs) yeah and she is an editor dan do you know what she's edited
2: no, go ahead and tell me. I'm not going to look it up.
0: Okay. Uh, so she's worked with Paul Thomas Anderson a lot, did it in Her Advice, The Master, uh, Punch Drunk Love. She did Murder at 1600, The Thin Red Line. She did 20th Century Women, and a movie that I uh, happen to really like a lot, uh, directed by Roman Coppola, a movie called CQ, with uh, Jeremy Davies and Angela Linval and uh, Jason Schwartzman is in there, you know, keeping it in the Coppola family. And uh yeah, so fantastic editor did some amazing work with uh PT Anderson especially.
2: Yeah, and and of course I was joking and referring to the other Leslie Jones I, so I am I know you sh- were shocked. I
0: <laughs> know you were joking but it was like, well, I I mean, yes, but I know no, your I know reaction. You I was mean. very
2: surprised at your reaction. I was just expecting like an eye roll, but then it was like, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Me roll my
0: eyes? Never. <laughs> it's yeah. in the genetics. So, yeah. So anyway, that was uh, something that I thought was important to mention. Just a very talented family. I mean, uh, Bob Jones is is known first as an editor before his career as a writer. And but his I guess that
2: his yeah. uh, his contributions to the like the making of being there uh, feature, which I think is on the the Criterion Blu Ray, was on the Criterion yes. Channel. He's fascinating. Like he really yeah. he really does a good job of like giving you the background of how the movie came to came to be. Yeah,
0: and and it's like everybody co-signs the idea that he was the, you know, true writer. I mean, there was a I don't know if you listened to there was a um the an audio excerpt of uh Hal Ashby, the director of being there talking to students at AFI, the American Film Institute, I believe. And they were asking him about Jersey Kaczynski's script and everything. And he was like, "I want to make something clear." Jersey Kaczynski did not write this the movie that we shot. It was written by Bob Jones, and like made it very, very clear. so uh, it is it's not just like Bob Jones says this and Nobody well, else agrees it is established.
2: And Bob Jones also won an Oscar for the I believe it was the script to coming home, which Hal yes. Ashby directed, like mm-hmm. the year before.
0: Right. Just before it. Yeah. yeah.
2: So yeah. Bob Jones, talented guy. His daughter, uh, talented. Talented. Uh the thin red one line. of
0: the two talented Leslie Jones. She Jones she edited the
2: thin red line. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I don't like. I've seen that movie before, and I'm sure I've seen. She's her also name done credits,
0: a, but... a bunch of other things too. Oh but, yeah. You yeah. know, those were ones that I picked out just to show. I mean, the editing in the master and Punch Drunk Love are especially astonishing. Yeah. Inherent Vice, I need to watch again because I didn't watch it. I, I watched it on a TV that had motion smoothing on, and I was very taken out of the situation. So I need to give it another watch. Mm. Um. Yeah. But 20th Century Women is great. CQ is great. I anyway. haven't seen
2: 20th Century Women.
0: Oh, it's really, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, yeah. Annette Benning. how do you go great wrong? Great
0: cast. Great cast. Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and Dan, I've got a, a news bit that I think you'll find interesting. Uh, Disney, I believe for Disney Plus, is rebooting Flight of the Navigator. Did you see this?
2: No, I don't believe I have seen it, but I just had a moment where with all of the like Disney Plus is rebooting, it, like Paramount Plus is rebooting, I just yeah. I had a moment of wait, did I see that? And I was thinking, I was like scrolling in my mind through all of like the announced Disney Plus reboots of like Willow and what like yeah. Sister yeah. Act and <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. Well, this one, um, it's you know, there's been talk about it being rebooted for a long time. And uh Bryce Dallas Howard is going to be uh directing it. And Dan, do you know who directed the original? Uh did Randall Kleiser direct the original? Randall Kleiser, director of Greece, directed the original. Yeah, okay.
2: That is right. All right. Nice. I remember I I mean seeing that a long time ago flight of the navigator
0: so dan i'm i'm wondering were you able to pull out the director's name because i told you earlier that (laughs) before we started recording that my news bit would tie into greece yes i okay okay i i i think i i
2: think without that i i don't know if i would have gotten there so so quickly or at all there you go so there you go. Who also so directed my... Big Top Pee-wee. So we we've we've discussed his work before.
0: Yeah, that's true. And Big Top Pee Wee, uh, I there, one of the accounts that I follow on Instagram that shows photographs from the uh opening night, like the premiere of certain movies mm-hmm. uh, highlighted on the day that we're recording this, uh, Big Top Pee Wee. And uh, it man, I love seeing the people that turn out to, to these things. I mean, uh, Gary and Jake Busey are usually there, uh, together, and you know, sure enough, they were there for this one. Uh, it seems like Arsenio Hall gave Paul Rubens a plaque making him an honorary member of the Black Pack, and it had the names of Arsenio Hall. Uh, Robert Townsend, Eddie Murphy, there were some other some other actors in there. Was this back like, he back
2: was, in the back in like the 80s, right? Does yes, yes, yes. Like yes. 80 yeah. Okay, that would make sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh I don't know, I thought that was pretty cool. He was given a plaque well, to
2: be an honorary member. I mean, and I don't know. I wonder if this connects, but if you think about it, so like summer of 1988, Paramount had big both Big Top Pee Wee and Coming to America in theaters. Arsenio and Eddie Murphy um, contracted uh-huh. to the studio. Paul Rubens, who, like, I assume, like, because we also talked about it with Back to the Beach. Right. Because also, this was like back in the age when that actually mattered, like when the studios
0: were like. The studio system. The studio help, system yeah. and
2: actors who were connected two different studios and like Eddie Murphy and Paramount in the 80s was like that was just a, a hit making partnership right there.
0: Yeah. And hey, while we're talking about the major studios, I want to give a shout out to the Song a Week podcast brought to you by uh, the band Don't Stop or will Die. Uh, Paul Rust and Michael Cassidy, who did a song that incorporates the Universal Pictures uh, anthem. Which is so delightful. I had to send it to Dan. And it was really, so good.
2: and what I admired about it was it. It wasn't just the anthem, but it was like they tried to capture, because you know, in the days when it was really all about the big studios, it was kind of like each studio had their own their own thing. Like I know Warner Brothers for a long time was like like the like really like gritty crime movies studio, uh-huh. and you see that in everything. You know, like you know, Dirty Harry, Goodfell. I knew- I mean there's yeah. more but uh I feel like they really they also tried to capture the spirit of what made a a universal picture especially right, in, in right. the 80s and 90s.
0: Yeah, of course. No, I I love their work. They're a very funny and talented band and um yeah. I appreciate it anyway, anyway.
2: and now do Tristar.
0: <laughs> yeah, Tristar. So uh what studio put out Greece. paramount i'm trying to remember i'm trying to how's paramount? paramount i'm trying to picture the uh the opening and of course the only thing i can really think of is just the animation that the movie opens with right
2: yeah yeah uh, um but no yeah paramount uh which did Greece and Greece too and had yeah. actually intended there to be, like, a I I want to say, a trilogy of movies and a TV series. Like right. Back, and this was back in the day, back before it was, like, Disney Plus is rebooting. Yeah. Like, Tummy Trouble from, you know, the cartoon Before Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, you know, you know Grease is a really interesting one because, you know, it was a stage musical first. And, uh... You know, Dan, you did it in high school,
2: junior high. I was I was a sophomore in high school. Yes. High school. Yeah. And it's almost like it's like for young musical theater actors, it's kind of like almost a rite of passage. Like everyone does grease. I mean, I like. My my friends, uh, Ray DeJohn, who we had on for yeah, "Back to the Beach," Back to the Beach," uh, Michael Buckley, who we haven't had on yet, but uh, yet. I'm I'm sure the time will come. Uh, you know, like they did professional productions of Greece. Ray uh, toured with it was Cindy Williams, Shirley from oh, the Burn yeah. Shirley, and and from yeah. American Graffiti played uh, Miss Lynch, who in the movie is Miss ah. McGee. And, uh, I think the big ragu from Laverne and Shirley was sure. Eddie Mecca played, I, uh, I think he played Vince Fontaine in it. The, uh,
0: gotcha. The DJ. national bandstand. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Host. Um, and in fact, I,
0: I remember,
2: uh, I think it was when, when Ray did the production, one of the original writers like spoke spoke with them and and talked to them and like there was like there there was really this gang. Like the Bird the B- Burger Palace boys in the musical, T Birds in the movie, like yeah. it was a real gang and apparently like the original versions of Greece were kind of more um, more about that, more focused on that, and and we're maybe a bit more serious, or I mean, I'm okay, trying, it's been it's been a while, uh, but yeah, yeah, it
0: well, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because you know, I I wrote a particularly long synopsis of <laughs> of Greece, and it, it's funny because this is a movie where it's like if you haven't seen Greece then it would be really surprising. I mean, I don't think that it's really watched as much with today's kids, but you know, I'm thinking back like 15 years ago if I was at like a friend's house where they they had like younger siblings or cousins over. I remember hearing the kids like singing the songs and like doing karaoke to like and it's just like very jarring because these songs are not for children.
2: No, no, no. Especially not the like the original versions of them. Like there are toned down versions, but well, e- I'm talking about the movie versions. Yeah, yeah. No, even the movie versions are yeah are not as not yeah. quite as as toned down. Um And but w- and and you know I think it's we, our discussion will get to like why Greece might not be as popular cho- uh, as popular a choice these days in living rooms around America. But yeah, we'll yeah. we'll get there. I think we should. uh we should get into the synopsizing
0: sure all right well buckle up dan if you have a drink now's a good time to uh you know grab that and relax a little bit <laughs> cuz this isn't going to be a long one this is more of a like a play by play i didn't include everything because you know you have to draw the line somewhere but after i'm done you can let me know if there's anything important that i i really left out all right i'm ready On the first day of his senior year at Rydell High, big man on campus Danny Zuko tells his friends all about his sexual exploits with Sandy, an Australian girl he met at the beach. What he doesn't know is that she's a new student at Rydell and telling her new friends all about her summertime romantic tryst with a boy of her dreams. When she tells her friends, known by all at their school as the Pink Ladies, that his name is Danny Zuko, They laugh, realizing that the softie she's been describing is actually the school's biggest tough and her new pal Rizzo's ex-bo. After the school's pep rally, Rizzo arranges a surprise for Sandy, Danny Zuko. At first, he's so excited to see her that he drops his macho facade, a vibe that he's been cultivating for years. Once he realizes that he's become vulnerable and potentially uncool, he acts as if Sandy means nothing more to him than a simple roll in the hay. Distraught, Sandy is invited by pink lady Frenchie to her house for a sleepover with the girls. It's there that Sandy further distances herself from Rizzo by revealing that she just may be a square goody two-shoes. After a failed ear-piercing attempt from Frenchie, who is dropping out of high school to pursue her beauty school dreams, Sandy spends some time healing in the ensuite banjo. Meanwhile, Rizzo sings a song with Frenchie, Marty, and Jan all about how prim, proper, and pathetic Sandy is. When Sandy walks in on them, she's super bummed and storms out. Not only does she find out that her dream guy is a phony, but her new friends aren't necessarily what's best for her. This is when Danny and his pals, the T-Birds, roll up. Rizzo pops out and takes off with Kanicki, the car-owning T-Bird and second banana to Danny. Rizzo and Kanicki neck in the parked car before deciding to raw dog in the backseat. We then meet the T-Birds' rival, the Scorpions, led by Leo, AKA Craterface but gives Kinnicky's car a few extra dents. The next day, the guys start working to fix up the car in the shop class. As Sonny, Putsy, and Duty, the other T-Birds, rag on the POS car, Danny sees its potential and they begin to put some serious work into it. Meanwhile, Sandy has decided to move on from Danny and start seeing Tom, a bland athlete. Taking note, Danny tries out for all different sports offered at Rydell, ultimately finding that track may be his sport. Sandy takes notice, and the two reconcile. Later on at the diner, the gang talks about National Bandstand, a live television dance-off that will be taking place at right now. After most of the gang takes off, Rizzo and Kanicki have at it with a big argument. After they leave, Frenchie is by herself with Vi, the diner's owner. Frenchie reveals that she's accidentally dyed her hair pink at beauty school and has dropped out. After Vi ducks out, Frenchie is visited by her guardian angel, Frankie Avalon who is more like the personification of her insecurities, telling her that she's worthless and should go back to high school and get trained to join the steno pool. Next, we're in the Rydell gym on the day of the national bandstand broadcast. Everything is going great, and Danny and Sandy are a dancing dream team. But when Sandy gets taken out and Danny's ex, Cha-Cha, steps in, they end up winning the competition, greatly upsetting Sandy. Danny tries to make up with Sandy another night at the drive-in by giving her his class ring but ends up digging himself deeper when he attempts to mount her. Also at the drive-in, it's revealed that Rizzo may be pregnant, though she denies that it's Kanicki's, even though he tries to be supportive. Another day, the guys reveal that they finished the car that Kanicki intends to race against Craterface at something called Thunder Road. Danny and Kanicki have a nice moment of friendship. At Thunder Road, Marty attempts to pass on a lucky penny, but ends up getting Kanicki bonked in the head, meaning that Danny has to race against Craterface. Despite dirty moves from the Scorpions, Danny heroically outperforms him and wins the race, and Crater faces Pink Slip. Looking on is Sandy, who runs off with Frenchie. She ends up debuting a new look at the Senior Carnival, a counterculture leather queen to match Danny's vision of the perfect woman. Meanwhile, he's wearing a Letterman sweater since he secretly ran varsity track in an attempt to match Sandy's ideal for a perfect man. Turns out they go together like Ramalama Lama, ka dinga da dinga dong. All right, Dan. Can I breathe now? Well, you did. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I want to point out, I got through all of that without flubbing any words. No, that was really,
2: and, and I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot going on, but yeah, I guess there's a lot going on in this movie, and there's some others, you know— there are other little tiny subplots, but nothing worth.
0: There's so yeah. There's a lot going on here. Wait,
2: did you mention the, the flying car at the end,
0: or was I no? Just I didn't thinking mention about the about flying it. car okay. at the end because it's 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 almost just like let's just edit that out. Well, because that makes yeah. So it's so the music at the end. What the two of them go into the dream sequence version of the car and fly away. Right,
2: right, right. I mean, well so the the stage musical is uh set up kind of in the context of a of a high school reunion and that's the opening oh. yeah the opening scene is uh you know in the show it's it's the reunion it's the excuse me i think like 20 Twenty year or maybe like fifteen year reunion or something. I'm trying to think. Okay, it it would have it, it opened in. I don't know. It's a reunion, and maybe it was the ten year reunion, and it starts with like. Miss Lynch, uh, Miss McGee, who's like an l- older, right, yeah, and, uh, Eugene, like an older Eugene, uh, Eugene, uh, who's the nerdy guy, Felsnick. yeah, played by uh, Ed Edward Eddie Deason, who, uh, Deezer, Deason, Ed- Deason, Eddie Deason, yeah, yeah, who, um, you know, you would recognize him, he kind of played the same part in a lot of different yeah. things. <laughs> He was in Greece. He's in. He also pops up in Greece too, randomly. He's in Greece too. I want to say he's also in like meatballs too. But you know, like
0: that checks skinny
2: out. Skinny nerd. Uh, you know the quote unquote nerd stereotype. Who uh, I know he was in. He was in bad health for a while. And then as I was just kind of like doing a quick Google of of Greece uh, before before we started to record, a, a result came up from yesterday. <laughs> Whoa. That um Eddie Deason was arrested after th- it says uh re- he reportedly became disorderly at a restaurant and threw items including food at sheriff's deputies and this was oh my. in uh La- Laval Maryland. And he was that he was yelling loudly. He was disturbing customers and they tried Yikes. to get him out and then like he wouldn't leave. The, and I don't think this, I, I mean, I like read over it a few times just to see there's nothing mentioned about like if, if masks had anything to do with this.
0: I, that's the first thing I thought of is if he was anti-mask. And I, and I mean, yeah,
2: no, because that's, that's usually, you know, where these stories these days, but I think, you know, Eddie Deason has just, had like a <laughs> just a rough time since you know yeah. the early 80s and i like oh, i know a guy. few years ago there was i think like a GoFundMe me out there to help him with some type of treatment i don't know if it was like substance abuse oh. treatment or or what it was but yeah so that uh, yeah so anyway um back to the story the yeah. The mu- so the musical opens with this uh like so it's the a reunion, the, yeah, and they sing the school anthem, the Rydell School, um gotcha. you know, and then it kicks into the opening number, which takes us back to the '50s because they start by singing like the straight up like Rydell High anthem, and then it's the it's the parody version of it, like I saw a dead skunk on the highway and I was going crazy from okay. the smell. Cause when the wind was blowing my way, it smelled just like the halls of old Rydell, and I oh, yeah I boy. Was, don't know how I remember that, but uh... you do. What was the role that you played in the play? Okay, so I played a part I that is not in the movie. Um the the role I played was Roger. Roger was one of the and in the movie or sorry in the show the it's not the T-Birds, it's the Burger Palace boys and. The yeah. members of the Burgers, Burger Palace Boys are it's Danny, Kanicki, Sonny, Roger, and Duty. Duty who you know, supposedly gotcha. looks like Howdy Duty. And in which Got in it. the movie, I think it's Putsy. Put They add yeah. Putsy, and I think Putsy's kind of more like Duty. And then Roger's kind of characteristics get split between Sonny and duty in the in the gotcha, movie gotcha. because roger is the mooning king of rydell high ah yeah. got he, it yeah shows his ass to everybody and um like even mooned the well she's not the principal in the show she's like the math teacher or something or english teacher um miss lynch so and he
0: well, if, uh, if the, the play is anything like Grease 2, then teachers just kind of teach every class and, uh, you know, you, you get set up that they teach one thing, but then they're teaching another class. Anyway, Doesn't matter. go on. Uh,
2: yeah, we'll get to Grease 2. Um, so... Yeah, so Roger, I don't know why Roger didn't make it into the movie. I've never seen any any like mention of it. It might just be because like that was basically his whole character well, was built around mooning people,
0: which uh, does happen in the movie with the yeah uh, they they moon the cameras at National Bandstand. So it's not like no, that's, they were anti mooning. That's true. And that's true. So I, and I know, got to sing the uh, song. Things happen when there's. You have to do. What I got now? to
2: sing a song called Mooning and it's all, it's cause he's, ah. cause this is the character. So Roger ends up in, um, he, he has a crush on Jan, Jan, oh, okay. the one who does like the, is the buck, Bucky Beaver, like brush, 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 right. right. That's Jan. So, so, uh, they end up, they have a duet uh, called Mooning and it's really nice and they mm-hmm. go to the dance together and, um, but yeah, and then he gets his pants pulled down uh, during, you know, so that was like my big, uh, you know, my big moment on the Your big the high moment. school stage in 10th grade was, uh, yeah. was getting pantsed. Um, I had like three pairs of underwear on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. No, it was. It was
0: so, like, so talking a bit about, about the movie, Dan, this came out, you were a baby, um, it came out before I was born. Do you remember watching this when you were a little kid?
2: I must have seen it on VHS at some point. Um, I I mean, I know I had seen it by the time I had auditioned for the show. So, oh, probably I saw it
0: when I was a kid. Well, definitely.
2: yeah. I mean, I know I had like a VHS copy of it, but I didn't have that until... I was doing the play. I I can yeah. tell you I did actually I did see Grease on the big screen. Not upon its original release, of course, but it yeah. received a 20th anniversary re-release in 1998 and mm-hmm. um I remember going to that with my college friends. We were all musical theater people. So right. I remember we we went to go see it and and you know it was it was a lot of fun. It was you know, fun to see it oh, on the big screen. I,
0: I imagine it's, you know, despite the uh, the issues that it does have, there's certainly some thing, some language in there that's not that wouldn't be considered kosher these days. You know, uh, did she put up a fight? Those types. Oh, of Oh, I thought you were
2: thinking of like, it's a real pussy wagon when they're singing a Grease Light." No, that would Do they sing that, that would still
0: fly today. Yeah. Just not for children. Oh, That's
2: true. Yeah. 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 Um, only in a Quentin uh, Tarantino movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, the, the music in it is so good. The plot is very basic and it's a little like, uh, he's not really changed so much for her, but she's changed a lot for him. And yeah, there's just some like, eh, not really the best message, Well, but uh, it's a lot
2: of fun. The music is great. The, yeah, the music is really good. Um, I mean, some of the songs, like, you know, Grease Lightning is a showstopper, Summer Lovin', d- despite the.
0: Oh, yeah. But
2: it's also, it's, so this is where it's kind of, it's tricky, uh, kind of negotiating the very outdated messages of it, but also thinking like it is set in 1959. Yes.
0: And 58, I think.
2: 58, 59. And like these were. The norms and these were the things that were done and it was for sure, you know,
0: but if you're making a movie about something now, you don't necessarily have to include every little thing that was a norm. Well, it's a, it, about about a
2: in a period. It piece. depends on the movie. So, I yeah. mean, I think kind of that's where I land is a musical comedy that takes it lightly. And it's just like, oh, look at that. He's hiding under the bleachers, staring up their skirts and they have right. no idea. Like it's it's hard to laugh at that and just say, oh, that sunny boys will be boys, boys. will be boys. Right. It's, it's so it it's kind of like it's the context and. It's almost like Greece, I feel like Greece works better in that respect when paired with Greece 2.
0: I agree. I think that these two movies work so well. And I hadn't seen Grease 2 until just now. And I've heard for such a long time how you know it's it's a cult favorite for a lot of people and i just it just never happened that i had an opportunity to watch it so i'm glad that we gave ourselves the opportunity now um and one thing that i'll say while we're just still talking about grease 1 is that i find different about grease 2 with a, with a few exceptions is that the songs in the first grease push the story forward a lot in ways that grease 2 didn't grease 2 i mean aside from like cool rider uh a lot of the songs, you know, like reproduction and stuff like that, were just in there to be fun and funny. And and just really.
2: innuendo. Just it's just like oh, oh, yeah. musical. Well, here, are we going to get into Gre- are we going to get into
0: Grease 2? Well, let's do yeah, okay. let's do the Grease 2 one. Um okay, this one's a lot shorter. Sandy's cousin goes to Rydell and is instantly taken with Stephanie an Uber popular pink lady who used to go out with T-Bird leader Johnny. In an effort to try to get Stephanie back, Johnny attempts to make her jealous by dating Paulette, another pink lady. Michael attempts to ask out Stephanie, but she's only interested in cool riding motorcycle hunks. Michael saves up money to buy a motorcycle by writing essays for the T-Birds, and manages to resurrect an old cruddy bike from the dead and learn to not only ride, but become the best biker in town. After he rolls in and saves the T-Birds and the pink ladies from the scorpions, Hiding all the while behind biker goggles, Michael in disguise wins the heart of Stephanie. Meanwhile, Michael as Michael gets closer to Stephanie, but she admits that she is obsessed with the cool rider. Later, after a massive chase, Michael in disguise is presumed dead as he flies off into a ravine. But after he returns at the senior luau and jumps his bike over the pool, he reveals his true self to Stephanie and the whole world. They make out ASMR style, and Johnny gives him a T-Bird jacket, fully embracing Michael as one of their own. Oh, yeah, and Frenchie is back on her bullshit for some reason. Making a very brief appearance. Yeah. She's back in school to, like, learn chemistry. It was so weird. Uh, Anyway, that's what I got. So, yeah, and and Michael is played by Maxwell Caulfield, who uh, I know best as... I mean, come on. It's Rex, it's Rex Manning. Manning day. It's Rex Manning, baby. Come on. Uh, yeah. And it's so funny because I was like, why does he look so familiar? And then as soon as I looked him up, I was like, Oh, it's Rex Manning.
2: Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah. Another, another like movie that was not a huge box office hit, but definitely gained a cult following <laughs> Empire records. Yeah,
0: It's, you know, it's a really fun movie. And, uh, I'm talking about Empire yeah, Records. yeah. It's a really fun movie and and definitely is like a time capsule, you know? Definitely. It is yeah. That's what that movie is for. It's just like, hey, oh, do you want to know what like this time was like for this subsection of people? <laughs> this is it. This is it.
2: Abs Absolutely. Um yeah.
0: so so yeah, I mean, Grease 2, it definitely has some catchy, funny songs, but they don't Drive the the plot forward as much as Greece.
2: Wanted. Oh no, no, and and all right, we'll we'll get we'll get to the songs it in, in a minute because. So I right. I have given I I really kind of went in on Greece too. I did a deep dive. Oh, I I well because I I've had a busy couple of weeks and I knew I I felt comfortable ha- with my memory of the original Greece ha- being so yeah. familiar with it. That I felt like, you know, yes, I could talk about that. So I said, I'm like, all right, I'm going to devote any of my watch time to to Grease 2, which I wasn't as like, I'm pretty sure I never watched the whole thing beginning to end and had only seen bits and pieces of it. Like yeah, you know, Cool Rider reproduction score tonight. Let's do it for our country. All of the right. just like let's let's just s- sexual innuendos, Pure innuendo. set to music, right? And Grease too. When you are watching it in the with the perspective of thinking like, all right, well, Grease one. It's very. It's got that like you know submit. Women are are submissive and are kind of the property yeah. of the guys. And then Greece two shows, and it's it, it. There's that transition in Greece two, and it's yeah, and and it's like, I mean, it's not like a hundred and eighty degree turn. But you can definitely see the difference between the 50s and the 60s.
0: Right. Takes place in 61. Yeah. So
2: and also important to note, directed by female director Patricia Birch, uh, choreographer of the of the stage show and on the original movie. Um, Yeah. And she directed the film and I don't, I I don't know how much her direction had to do with the, you know, more equitable (laughs) treatment in this. Right, right, right. When you look at, so like in the original Grease, you go to a song like Summer Nights and it's like the girls are all about the, the romance and it's very much, and and the guys are all just like, you know, did you get very far? And they're really into the sex. Whereas in Greece too, it it is equal. Like when they sing reproduction, the girls are just as into it. Whenever it's those big group numbers, the big, like, you know, let's score tonight. It's very equitable in terms of that. Um, Not, not so much. I think let's do it for our country is where we have. Yeah.
0: That's a problematic one. Yep. Uh, that's, that one's extremely problematic. It is very date rapey. Uh, we, not, okay. I mean, he set
2: for those who are not familiar with it, the, the character of Demucci, who's one of the T-Birds, uh, sets up this ruse in which he basically traps Sharon. Who's one of the pink ladies who looks remarkably right. like Alison pill. Um,
0: Huh. Yeah. Sha- I can see like that.
2: take Sharon into a fallout shelter and then with the assistance of uh fellow T-birds Davey and Goose and Goose is played by Christopher McDonald um, yeah, he is. And, uh and shoot uh Shoot him again. Uh and they convince right, so her- they're playing they're convincing yeah. her that there's been a nuclear attack. They play an air raid, raid siren outside the door of the yeah. fallout shelter, and then Demucci is t- like with this big lie, telling her like, "Well, it's like, come on, we have to repopulate the United States, like we."
0: Well, I think he's also saying it would be a shame if we died. Virgins. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, but he's, just, he's talking about how it's, it's
2: patriotic, just even worse. and he, and yeah, and he's yeah. really like. It, and she is clearly not a hundred percent into this. like she is very, yeah, she's she's given a lot of signs here that uh that this is not okay. and that one that number is
0: it was yeah, it's problematic. that was not good. But yeah, yeah, right. Another thing that I got to give Grease 2 credit for is that, yes, even though somebody changes for the other person, Michael changes into this cool riding motorcycle guy. By the time that the end really happens, Michael and Stephanie have gotten close to the point where you can tell that she does like him, but. It's the idea of this other mysterious guy who maybe he's great, maybe he's not, but like she's still just like infatuated with him. So she does still like the actual Michael. Yeah. It's just that she's so intrigued by this other mysterious guy, which is right. also
2: him. And which I get the sense like when she says, I want a cool rider, it's like when she sings that song, it it's totally like she great is song. calling her shots. And she's yeah. all, I feel like she's also kind of saying like she wants an eat because she's a cool rider.
0: Yeah. So it's um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, my is God. Michelle Pfeiffer. so amazing in this movie. So she, good. She's so great. I mean, she was a complete unknown, gets this role in this movie. And I've watched some uh, interviews with her talking about it. And she's like. It is makes no sense to me that I was cast in this, uh, not because she didn't want the job, but because she thought that she totally borked the, you know, the casting call. And uh yeah, she gets plucked in this. And then the next year she's in Scarface. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I- what a career. What a
2: career oh, start. Uh,
0: I mean, yeah,
2: I, I a big fan of Michelle Piper. And
0: I just watched her in uh the the movie French Exit, which is I think streaming on stars right now. Mm-hmm. And she's incredible in that. I mean, she's in the Ant, the Ant Man and the Wasp, um, and I know she's going to be in the next one too. She's awesome. She's so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh So, and then it's uh, so so. Stephanie is definitely her own woman. Like she
2: really like she starts the movie despite like Johnny Zuccarelli. Pl- also, oh, she has a job. Yes, at her father's garage. She works. Yeah, she, yeah. She's a mechanic. Um sorry, you're talking about Johnny. Yeah. So Adrian Zamed, um who looks like a sexy Jay Barracal. Um oh jeez. <laughs> he
0: is no Danny Zuko.
2: He's no Danny Zuko. I do I I like him, but it's you definitely get the sense that like he is just, just this kind of like oblivious like he's holding on He is clutching on to the like the rules of the old days where if you're a pink lady oh, yeah. you're with a t-bird and and he's yeah. like Stephanie you're my girl and like Stephanie is just like bro how many times do I have to tell you like we're done and it's like two thirds of the way into the movie he's like so look pathetic. I've decided yeah. we're done and
1: <laughs> meanwhile yeah.
2: every time she, more than two thirds every time she rebuffs his advances he just turns around And blatantly is like, hey, Paulette, my clear second choice, who's like slutty uh, and and uh, played by Lorna Luft, by the way. Yeah. um,
0: Daughter of Judy Garland. Right. And when you say slutty. You know she she dresses provocatively, but right. she clearly wants to be with Johnny. No, it's not I, like she's known for sleeping around. No,
2: I think I I think I might have used, used air quotes just now, which were not seen by anyone <laughs> potentially. I because they're I, not
0: podcast. I, I did
2: them outside of the frame of my webcam, so you didn't even see them. So <laughs> they were truly pointless. But yeah, it was a long quote. No, you
0: had to put them all the way to the
2: side. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and Paulette. She even stands up for herself, and when when it's like when 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 he's eventually like you know oh man all right Stephanie shot me down again well Paulette and she's just like no no I'm not putting up with this anymore she's like you gotta respect me so we've got a lot of uh, maturity we have uh, who is it like one of I think it's like Sharon's younger sister played by Pamela Adlon Dolores
0: yeah Pam Adlon yes Dolores is awesome. She's so good. She just pops in every now and then to be like, Hey, I'm a precocious little kid. And, uh, yeah. The, the whole thing that she's got going on with Michael is just really funny and, and pretty sweet. Yeah. I wish there was more of it. I, I read somewhere that she had gotten injured or something and couldn't be in. Yeah. More of the movie. Yeah. So here's talk. Just talking about the difference between Greece one and Greece two a little bit. I, and we're going to still keep on going and talking about this. I know that you want to talk about more, but one of the things that I liked a lot more about the first Greece and this might have just this might have been a directing thing um and I don't know if uh, the director of Greece 2 had done any other directing prior to this or if this was her first, but yeah, you kind of have a maybe not look I've, on your face. I'm pretty sure so, it was her first. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that this might just be something that comes with more experience, but you know, the first Grease has a lot more nuance when it comes to the actors. I uh, you know, Danny and Kenickie, they definitely have more moments where they uh, you can you can tell that there's more acting going on, that they've maybe had more time to develop their characters. Well, whereas Grease 2 felt a little bit more rushed. Well, their
2: their characters had been developed for years because the musical, well, they, oh, they yeah, also, absolutely. I I think Jeff Conway played Danny in the musical on Broadway. Yeah. Uh, so like they were familiar. And also John Travolta had been nominated for an Academy Award for Saturday yeah. Night Fever the previous year. So you, you have m- probably more experienced, more conditioned actors yeah. well, who also know the characters that's, better.
0: That's true. And I know that also like Jeff Conway, um, pour one out did an amazing job of like developing the characters a little bit more. Like I watched an interview where he was talking about how the scene where he and, uh, John Travolta have their like, you know, will you be my, you know, second in command. And, uh, and they have like a little hug moment. Yeah. And even though there's a little bit of gay panic in there, uh, it's, you know, that's, that goes with the, the, the era and everything. Yeah. And the, yeah, exactly. um, Just need to, you know, note it when I see it. And, uh, but that was something that he had suggested that they put in. And I think that it's an awesome moment because it shows them being more vulnerable with each other and just like showing their true friendship that you don't get with Grease 2 where, you know, the T-Birds are less, you know, real people and more like cartoon characters. And... You know, it's like Johnny has like these big muscles. And I got to tell you, Dan, I was looking up, I was Googling like, you know, high schoolers in 1961 pictures. And like, people didn't have muscles that looked like that. It was definitely like early 80s muscles. It was like when you're strong, you just don't have in 1961, your body doesn't look the same as it did when you're strong in 1982. So. I, I, I don't know. I thought that that was like, it took me out of it a little bit. They definitely just seemed like a little bit more over-the-top silly, whereas the T-Birds in Greece 1, you know, they were funny and they were goofy, but they were like realistic and they were definitely like, <laughs> it, you know, they modeling behavior after Three Stooges and stuff like that. But in Greece 2, they're just really zany over-the-top people. Although- it, period. I, it's funny, though,
2: that you mentioned that because uh, something I was thinking while watching Grease 2 was that a lot of the like the gang warfare stuff with the Thunderbirds actually like there seemed to be a bit more danger, like especially when like when the T-Birds are chasing after, uh, you know, quote unquote, cool rider, Michael. Oh, and yeah. like Stephanie is like, they're going to kill him. They're going to kill him. In fact, yeah. in fact, there's a brief part of the movie where everyone is like they he
0: is presumed he's presumed dead
2: though though you wouldn't know it by the goings on at the school because they're still like well shoot we've got a graduation luau to have um yeah there is no like that's the thing like yeah all right a student passing away during the school year is a it is a serious and it is a traumatic event and like it does not go unnoticed
0: of course but dan i not to take anything away from the seriousness of what you're talking about but nobody knows who this person is they do not know that this is a student but do they notice that this michael's is, gone <laughs> does he not go to school for the way i'm like I have no idea because these school years last two weeks in these movies. Yeah, I, I don't know.
2: I was also removing a, a very, very large and complicated air conditioning window unit while watching the third act of Grease 2. <laughs> so uh, I might have missed it. But uh, yeah, no, no. Th- like Grease 2, it feels rushed. It also, it it's, it's basically set up to fail by being Grease 2 because... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now... I I I feel like I have an, a sense of what would have perhaps changed that. And okay. Because a lot of this can be forgiven, but there is there's potential in Greece too. And in a lot of ways, it's a lot more dramatic and and like, I mean, there's Stephanie has like this fantasy sequence where she and and Michael are duetting in heaven, which, by the way, yeah, maybe they don't know who Cool Rider is, but she's convinced that Michael is dead. So I don't know. Uh, cause she has this dream sequence when she's trying to say when in the middle of like trying to sing like girl for all seasons. So, all right. So the songs that work in this work really well, like um, cool rider. And I would say reproduction um, and, and like score tonight, probably (laughs) as the three that I think work, but, but I, I think that the solution for the songs in this, are in the songwriter, and there were a few different songwriters who worked on this, what they should have done was send a blank check to Mr. Jim Steinman <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with Grease 2 on <laughs> the one memo out. line. Yes, pour one out for Jim Steinman because, J- and if you don't know who Jim Steinman was... Uh, the songwriter of the bad like the groundbreaking bad out of hell album, um, as sung by Meatloaf. Um Total Eclipse of Total, the Heart. At this stage, so at this point in his career, when Grease 2 is coming out, so he's still riding the success of Bad Outta Hell. He's oh, yeah. writing chart toppers for Air Supply, making love out of nothing at all for Air Supply. Yeah. And um, a few songs for Bonnie Tyler, including Total Eclipse of the Heart. But I, I think he also co-wrote, uh, like, I think Holding Out for a Hero, maybe. Um, I don't know. So for for Footloose. But Jim Steinman... At this in the early nineteen eighties, the songs he would have written. There's the, there's this one song. I don't I don't I don't think it's Prowlin. I don't know what number it is, but it's like there's there's these really dramatic like low angle shots of of like the Thunderbirds on their bikes and
1: oh yeah, yeah. There's
2: there are these moments that are really like melodramatic and like biker gang face offs. I mean duets in heaven. Come on, yeah. this is what Jim Steinman was born to write songs about.
0: <laughs> well, Dan, I'm going to also, uh, you know, add to this a little bit because while I was watching this movie, there was a different songwriter that I was thinking about nonstop, and that's Paul Williams, because I was thinking about Phantom of the Paradise, which mm. has a very similar feel to this, very over the top, the, you know, the motorcycle helmets and the goggles just made me think about, you know, the the look of that movie. Yeah. And, of course, there is, uh, and you've watched it more recently than I did, but there's the band that's in um, Phantom of the Paradise that... Uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of the band, but yeah. you know, it was there's a lot about it that I I was reminded of and I haven't seen that movie in like 15 years, but I was just reminded so much of Phantom of the Paradise while watching Grease 2 and I was like, "Oh man, Paul Williams would have written some great songs for Paul this." Paul
2: Williams songs would have been better than what we had, but for the, to do something to do for it to be Grease 2, but not just kind of exist as like the kind of like unwanted rehash of of Greece that, that just doesn't live up. A I feel like a Jim Steinman Grease 2 would have just been like, wow, this is not Greece. Like Grease was right. fun. 50s Revival Summer loving. This is like fucking Opera.
0: Well, it would <laughs> it would look like and... the Bad Out of Hell video, you know, just Probably. like motorcycles and bat, a lot of or steam. Bad Out of Hell, and... the musical. It it
2: exists, right? So yeah, I, yeah. So that's that was kind of where I was like, it was almost like every song that just felt like like filler, which is pretty much every song other than the ones I mentioned.
0: Uh Yeah, well, I, I just want to t- talk about a couple of those other songs right. because we're going to score tonight, which is they're singing it while they're bowling. Uh, it has nothing to do with the plot of the movie. And I was thinking about songs in the first Grease, and it's like, all right, well, Grease Lightning is a great song, but does it really have to do a lot with the movie? And then it's like, well, yeah, because then there's going to be a big, you know, car, you know, I drag race that goes on in it. And it has a lot to do with building this car that you see them, you see them coming back to it. The bowling stuff doesn't really come back at all. Like no. it has nothing to do. No, with anything and uh reproduction. It's not like there's a storyline that's got anything to do with reproduction. It's just there to have a funny song with a ton of innuendo in it. And I, uh, yeah, do it do it for our country. Is that what the other one's called? Yes. Yeah. I mean that one, it's it's a if you just take it at face value, a clever song, uh, but it really doesn't do anything in terms of pushing the story forward. And in in the first Grease, you do have music that just works. Well, they and, develop.
2: Uh, they develop. Yeah. They develop characters. I mean, in, in the first grease, there are worse things I could do.
1: Yeah.
2: Is such a like a character song, and it's really where like there's moments where Rizzo bears her soul in that in totally. that movie, and I mean, look at me, I'm Sandra D. Is another one of those moments where she's showing her. Her insecurities in kind of a a meaner mm-hmm. way because yeah. she's in with her friends, but then like there are worse things I could do. She's alone and yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I I'd, I'd also say that everything, every song that Rizzo is a part of shows you know more depth to her character. In Summer Lovin', she's the cynical one. She's you know, the only one who she doesn't do the
2: choreography. David.
0: Right, yeah, she's kind of just like chiming in with like a, a witty remark. Because he sounds every now like a drag. Yeah, I know. Stalker Channing.
2: Uh, I mean,
0: Stalker Channing's so good. And I had no yeah. idea that that her name is an amalgam of so Stalker Channing. Her name, her her birth name was Susan Stockard. She married somebody whose last name was Channing when she was like super young, and. Decided to make her stage name her last her original last name and his last name. So Stockard Channing. So you know, yeah, did she have I, I thought that, that was kind of interesting. You know, talk
2: about someone whose memoir I'd read.
0: <laughs> oh my god, yes. Yeah. Oh, I I loved her on The Good Wife. Uh, I don't know what she's been up to lately. She's so good. Oh yeah. 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 She's and what a and what a role for her. She just like was that character. Despite being, like, twice so the
2: age of the character, or you I don't know how...
0: It I, didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. I totally... Yet, it's so clear that they're, they're, they're elderly people <laughs> playing teenagers, but that didn't really bother me, uh, just because it the movie is such a, I don't know, an outlier of a movie in the first it's
2: place. It's a musical. It's like, you're already, like, in its nature, it is you know, you're suspending disbelief because people break out into song and choreography. The choreography part being much less believable than the song. I actually, I mean, like breaking into song just randomly happens plenty.
0: Uh, Well, Dan, you know, you work at a high school. Yes. I mean, how frequently do they do school wide flash mobs?
2: Um, well, we not we didn't have one this week. Once a week. We didn't have one this week. No. Well, yeah, I mean I think it's like third week of the month. Um second week is fire like when we do fire drills. And <laughs> I think it's the third third week of the month. Um, usually between second and third period, because that's when it's extended passing. Uh, yeah. so no, I would love, I, I, I would love for that to happen, but it's like, you're much more likely, like you are definitely likely to like walk through the halls of high school and just hear someone like singing, chances are they have their headphones on and don't realize that other people can hear them. But yeah, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I sometimes like, will I just like kind of start singing in the middle of whatever I'm saying, uh, in, in class, if I notice them drifting, I'll just, you know
0: add a little music <laughs> So uh yeah I don't know Dan I what were your just overall impressions of of Greece 2 what were the things that you liked about it? what were the things that you hated about it
2: Well I I liked the attitude of it I liked the the change of it I liked the I liked the sense of more danger from the gangs in it. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, despite the cartoonishness of the T-Birds, there were definitely the moments of like, oh, there's really like a a like a gang like a turf war here. Yeah, I I mean we don't get enough of that, but uh, you know i i liked i liked that. I liked. I, I mean, love Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, I so and good. also like man, Connie Stevens, especially after recently watching, right? We
0: didn't talk about Connie, yeah, Stevens.
2: Uh, another, yeah, there we go. So we have Frankie Avalon in the original Grease, and then uh,
0: Connie Stevens yeah. get your cast of Back to the Beach
2: and all, uh, and and references to Annette Funicello in the original Grease
0: in the original one in Look at Me, I'm Sandy. Well, so, oh no, not
2: I, look at me. I, it's where the guys are talking like no one, Kinicky has a line about like no one's oh, jugs are like, yes, yes. Right, yeah, that's true. That's well, and, true, which that's in true. the in the musical, there's a whole scene where they talk. There's a part where they talk about like going over to like Duty's house and watching the Mickey Mouse Club because like oh, yeah. the A and the E on Annette's sweater are like out to here. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh, jeez. So, right, Connie Stevens, who is the like, you know, the hot teacher, and. When she's introduced, and this is going back to something I was talking about before, she's introduced as the music appreciation teacher, but then somehow she's in a class with Stephanie where she has a paper about Shakespeare. She's teaching English, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, all right, so teachers don't really, there's the one teacher at the school and then a substitute teacher who is also teaching the reproductive system. Yeah, that tab hunter. 50s yeah.
2: heartthrob slash like John Waters star <laughs> tab hunter. Um, right. Now, John, I, I have to tell you, as a high school teacher, mm-hmm. this is not as unusual as you might think.
0: Oh for a for a teacher to be teaching everything. Well, it's
2: it, it's less unusual for like cuz let's say the school is short now I doubt all this thinking went into all this, but especially where you have schools that might be short staffed or um you know, for for one reason or another, you might have a teacher who's who's asked to like teach a different subject. Uh, assuming a, or and like get certified for it or like go for their certification while teaching it,
0: right? Yeah, but Dan, this is a school, and I'm speaking just about Greece too right now because I don't know if they had any classes in the first Greece aside from auto shop and gym right
2: yeah we don't really see uh them. which by
0: the way sid caesar oh yeah awesome sid caesar. yeah as the as the coach uh, who coaches everything but anyway i uh, you know it really seems like the only the only staff of the high school is i uh, miss what's her name the miss mcgee
2: the the principal Miss
0: mcgee her uh, blanche her like assistant and then Connie Stevens and the substitute and then the guy who's like got PTSD or something right
2: which i think he's in the first one i'm i'm almost certain he's in it's the first one it's so hard one. to remember yeah. yeah but
0: yeah so no, but it's-, it's like they're to, they're always together and uh, there seems to be no other faculty there aside from Sid Caesar
2: uh, well, I mean, they wouldn't be able to get through a musical number if there was any faculty there because the faculty would be like doing like fifth period started 5 <laughs> yeah. minutes ago, get to class, get off right. get off the bleachers, stop doing choreography. Like, yeah. come on, get to class. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do you have a pass to so, be out here singing? <laughs> yeah. Uh So, you know, we talked about have a parking
0: pass for the permit for the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked a little bit about, you know, what the idea was when the original Grease is coming out, that there would be all these sequels and all these other things, TV series and everything. Uh, Dan, was there anything else that was done with this? I mean, I know that it's been on Broadway for the longest time. Well, yeah. I mean, I it came know. back
2: up like Rosie O'Donnell playing Rizzo in the, in the nineties. Which is perfect casting. Yeah, of course. Um, it, it, there was like the Grease live, lo- like, um, you remember? Oh, Grease Live! There was like yeah. Grease
0: Live. Ba- Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. Vanessa
2: Hudgens was... I forget who else was in I it. don't know. Probably like the, I'm sure like Glee did a season
0: so yeah, of so the class the live the thing class
2: did greece one year yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: right so uh yeah the greece live thing that was during this craze where it was like abc or something there was a do, whole but there was fox and like abc
2: did the sound of music and, right it was
0: a it was a thing to like do a televised live musical like i think they did rent oh yeah was a,
2: like it was rocky horror
0: Oh, I don't remember I'm that pretty one. sure
2: there was a t- like a TV Rocky Horror. Unless I'm also thinking of Glee. Maybe <laughs> I, both. I really don't Maybe know. Maybe both. It might have been but Glee. But yes, no, there was a Grease, right, Grease Live, so a televised stage production yeah. of Grease. There is a, uh, there was going to be an HBO Max series like before HBO Max was a reality.
0: Oh, oh, and they okay. were just
2: announcing like, yeah, no, HBO Max is going to be next year and it's going to have this and the, there was going to be like a series called Grease Rydell High. Oh, um, okay. but now apparently Paramount Plus is planning a, a series Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies. Really? Yeah. Yeah, huh. there have been I, there were definitely I don't think there are talk- rise of the pig ladies. So
0: what happened to them?
2: Do, right. Well, they they fell. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yes. after they stopped being exclusive to T-Birds, like, you know. Yeah. What's the point? Right. So uh, there's I know there was there were talks of of like additional sequels for a while where, you know, like uh, uh Danny and Sandy would come back. Oh yeah. Oh and and Paramount Plus. Oh yeah, they were also producing they were the Paramount Plus was going to do a series but then also a prequel called Summer Lovin and gotcha. yeah, that is like supposedly in development. Um there was a television series inspired by the film that was produced um in Venezuela huh yeah yeah interesting um and let me see what else yeah so like greece rydell high oh and then yeah greece oh yeah greece Al high became greece Rise of the pink ladies and Got that it. will supposedly be on paramount plus but who knows yeah who knows who knows
0: so john i'm gonna i want to ask
2: yeah. you first
0: Okay. Uh, Okay. So this is one that I was originally writing as a like a joke idea, and then I was actually kind of getting into it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was just like, "Oh, maybe I'll just." And I literally just like deleted the word like fake from (laughs) my where I wrote idea. So I. This is Stephanie, uh, now in the year two thousand. And she's grieving the death of her husband, Michael, who died in a motorcycle accident. And looking back on her life, she blames herself for making Michael feel like he needed to change for her. And she returns to Rydell to find the latest generation of pink ladies to give them some advice. She finds that high school girls are way more independent. By the way, this is the year 2000. I mentioned that earlier. So it's, you know, I... Like, Grease 2 was filmed in 81 or 82, but took place in 61. So it's the 20 years, you know, looking back. And, uh, yeah, so she finds that high school girls are, are way more independent and that the dynamics are way different. And then the girls, the new generation of pink ladies, help her find her groove as she becomes interested in the school's principal, played by Brian Cranston, a former T-bird. And, yes, Frenchie is still there trying to graduate. I, I would have it. I would have it um, done by Lin Manuel Miranda, and it would be called Grease Two Two,
2: <laughs> or Grease Two Thousand. I lo- yes, no, it, Grease Two Thousand.
1: Yes,
0: really, I liked Grease Two Two. I like Grease Two Two <laughs> because it's not a Grease sequel; it's a Grease Two sequel. What I like, I liked Grease
2: Two Two. Until yeah. you, and then you said Greece two thousand, and you know what it was? Okay. It was just it kind of like it almost it feels to me like, and I'm probably like the only person on the planet who would who would make this connection, but it feels like a shout out to perhaps one of the other, like considered well, actually no, because Greece two has yeah because Blues Brothers two thousand, Blues yeah. Brothers two thousand was like Greece two without gaining the cult following. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was like, wouldn't that be hilarious to call it Greece 2? And it also makes me think of like that part in Spaceballs
0: where they talk about Rocky 5000. 5000, yeah. So Greece 2000. So I graduated high school in 2001. I imagine that Lynn manuel Miranda, I think he and I are around the same age. So I know that he has an idea of what teenagers were like in the year 2000. And... Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking back to, like, when I was in high Greece school. Grease
2: 2K. <laughs>
0: Grease 2K. Yeah, G2K. And, uh well, that's... It'll be Grease 2000, but everyone will call it G2K. Everyone. And, uh yeah. So, you know, I'm just thinking back to, like, when I was in high school. And, you know, Dan, you were just a, a few years out of high school by this point. You were substitute teaching in the year 2000. So, you certainly remember what people in high school were like then. And, uh It's certainly not the way that it is now with the way that, you know, depending on where in America you live, I'm sure that it's very, very different. But being in a high school right now, Dan, I'm sure that you would have a lot to say about the differences between teenagers now and the way that teenagers were in the late 90s or 2000. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, Rydell High, they never explicitly say where they are they meant you know the license plates say california so you have to imagine they're in california somewhere i know it's filmed in los angeles because i uh i used to live across the street from you know one of the schools that they filmed this at in la also the la river uh the la river plays a prominent part too so it's like yeah it's it's la but it was it was so weird when at the beginning they were like making a thing about like oh you were at the beach all summer and it was like well, if you're in LA, you're also very close to the beach, you know? It's like, it's not a weird thing for him to be, I don't know, hanging out in Santa Monica for a couple months. Anyway,
2: I mean, it also makes sense, like, prox, I guess, pro- relative proximity to Australia. That, uh, well, I'm saying, like, oh,
0: for why well, she would have ended up there. I mean,
2: yeah. I guess it's slightly more. I don't know. It's probably. It really makes no difference if you're flying from Australia to the United States. What? What's the difference yeah. between California and Ohio? You know. There you go. Uh, yeah, a few hours at that point. Right. It's a drop in the so, bucket.
0: So anyway, that that's what I had. Um, and Dan, before I ask you what you had as an idea, I do want to give a shout out. You know, we hadn't really talked too much about Olivia Newton-John. Who was excellent in Greece, of course, mm-hmm. iconic as Sandy, and uh, you know she, after Greece, became really, you know, she was a, a, a star before this. You know, with she had a great music career, but after this is when she started doing more provocative kind of albums. Let's and get album physical and stuff. Well, let's get physical. I wanted to mention. Was the uh, the inspiration for our mother's business's name? Let's get personal, where she personalized uh, <laughs> gifts for uh, for kids. Wait, I never knew that. <laughs> she can write us and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that she told me that it was a play that "Let's Get Personal" was a play on "Let's Get Physical." Oh wow! I am
1: so yeah. sad that there. Were so never shout any- out
0: to our mother. For uh, the the Olivia Newton John inspiration for her uh, her home business. I
2: wish there were some like early '80s era TV commercials. Uh, it's so sad <laughs> to me that there were not.
0: So, uh, Dan,
2: what you got? Well, okay, you you're gonna go Greece two thousand. I'm gonna go Greece three thousand because oh. what's more fun than going into the past, going into the fucking future? And Grease Lightning is like a spaceship, and it takes place in space. And I mean, it's basically the same plot, but no, I I don't know. I thought of that after you said Greece 2000. Oh, I <laughs> no, was gonna say it's like, was... oh, are
0: Sandy and Danny still in Greece, lightning, like floating through space, like solving yeah. crimes and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, this is where they got. I mean, we're just
2: gonna use old digital footage of Travolta and Olivia Newton John, and you know, hey, whatever. Yeah. No, I had not. I I had not. There's so many different things that have been done with Greece
0: right. this this is a tough one to do so
2: I so what I was thinking and I actually I I I kind of I'm I, I slipped a little bit earlier um and started to to reference this but I was thinking so one of the things I've always thought was um you know if I ever had the opportunity if I ever was to direct Greece I would want to make it like a little grittier a little darker huh. and you know, I mean, we're like we were saying, the songs are pretty dirty. Like, there's yeah. a lot of like, you know, I'll be getting lots of tit and grease lightning, and the chixel right. cream and all that, and it's like, so I, I would want to, uh, I, I feel like a remake that, that like plays it more realistic the plays it, i guess maybe more realistically and maybe incorporates the idea of the of it starting with the reunion and not to get too like peggy sue got married about it but Uh, uh it would be really interesting like that would be a great setup for it (laughs) yeah I, i i mean you know to have like you know sandy like faint at the reunion might be a little uh a little too much peggy sue got married but uh i i right. was thinking like you know just kind of a a more like i don't know i guess more character based grease and like, maybe we need to know why does Sandy, who's this pretty, you know, like, pretty remarkable person, very, you know, nice and, and smart and everything. And why would she feel the need to change, especially when this guy Danny is there? So, like, I think I would I, it would be a remake, but possibly with some added scenes and some more uh-huh. just like nuance, more behind Rizzo. Like we get more of a sense of their family lives because... It's like right. from just from them you kind of get the sense that there's not that much like parental guidance at home but it, I don't know there's kind of like that's kind of it's kind of mixed it feels mixed in the movie and you know what I I, I know you know he's he's going to be he's probably retiring from filmmaking um but man Quentin Tarantino has never made a musical <laughs> And Quentin Tarantino, like, you know, definitely has a passion for this type of, of culture and, you know, the leather jackets, the, I mean, like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Uh, uh, So there's definitely, I feel like there's definitely an appreciation for it. But I also think that Quentin Tarantino would have the ability to make. A grease that stands on its own and is a a different, you know. I mean, like, dare I say it, like Quentin Tarantino's Grease.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure yeah. there
2: are other filmmakers that would make a really good that would do a really good remake of Grease, but I think you know everything with each movie he does, he makes such interesting choices and right and. Like character is something that's really strong in his movies.
0: Yeah, and you know the original Grease movie, plot wise, is very very thin. It's despite you know really the, propped up on all the songs. despite
2: the uh complex synopsis.
0: Hey, look, when you're gonna write a synopsis, you got to write that. Synopsis. No, yeah, but no, no, no. Like it's it's really very simple. What what's going on and. Uh, everything is really there for the songs to to pop. And uh, yeah, I I think that if you, if you strip it down a little bit and build it from scratch, then you're like Grease Lightning, then it's going to, you're going to get something a lot more interesting.
2: Right. And yeah. And I I also feel like he's someone who could take these songs, which at least from the original Grease are, you know, the classics. I feel like he could take that songs and those songs and also without rewriting them without really changing them like grease lightning is still gonna be great but like reinvent them and just like show higher stakes dig in a little bit more to that gang rivalry yeah so really like not just maybe not just remake grease but um, i mean i guess remake yeah remake it like a remake Yeah, yeah that's what not like a remake just a remake
0: yeah, uh there's there's one other thing that I was thinking about and I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it up because I know that I tend to have ideas like this a lot and I certainly don't want to make light of segregation and the ways that there you know people of color and black people are represented in uh, the late 50s but you know you i think that the only people of color in this movie are like i think there might be somebody in Shanana that's playing at the uh you know the national bandstand but like yeah. what's going on across the street from Rydell High and like what's the story of like what's going on nearby and there could be a whole other movie of like what's happening during this like school year with somebody who isn't white and maybe like you hear them, uh, like you can hear people singing uh, summer Lovin'" from across the street and uh, you know, they're in their world of privilege and then you get, you know, a completely different story happening nearby or like, uh, you know, there's a carnival going on, and then it just happens to be across the street from, you know, this other movie that's happening simultaneously. Like, and maybe it is a school that just happens to be, you know, a block away from Rydell. That's, uh,
2: you know, and the and segregated. and the uh, what like the the districting line just happens to yeah. be. You know, so even if you live closer to Rydell, you still have to go to the. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. Um, that would be really interesting. Like, it's kind of like set right. in the unit, set in the Grease universe.
0: Yeah, like you just happen to hear like we go together, like shoopity doopity boop, and then it's just like this whole other movie that's happening across the street. Doesn't necessarily have to be super dramatic, you know a it could just be straight up satirical but i don't know i
2: yeah i mean that would be that would be interesting yeah that would be i i think you in know in the right ma-
0: hands that could be interesting it makes me
2: think of the new reboot of the wonder years which is showing the perspective of a black family at the same time. And I don't know that much about it. So like, I don't know if it takes place in the same, it feels like it, it feels like it doesn't take place in like the same town or like the same universe like this would, but that it's kind of like the, all right, that was the version for like, you know, this middle-class white family. And now we're seeing the, this time period through the perspective of, um, a, black teenager the same yeah. age as which is awesome. Savage's character. Yeah. yeah no no i'm actually i'm i'm really interested in that of all the yeah. of all of like the new the reboots because there's like a new like doogie hauser um which i uh-huh. think uh she's uh, it might be hawaiian i think um okay i i feel like it was something yeah it was something like like that uh but the, yeah there's a new Do- doogie doogie hauser and um, the but the new Wonder Years definitely sounds interesting. I think there's going to be a new, there might be a new head of the class. I think HBO Max might have oh been, really might have been rebooting that because I know HBO Max has the show Head of the Class on. Which I used oh, to okay. I used to love that show. I have not come back to rewatch it because I'm afraid it won't age well. I
0: haven't watched too much of it. Oh, yeah.
2: Totally. I loved it. And they did the musicals. They, they, they did. Uh, I mean, I like, I remember those episodes really well. Like when they did Grease, they did hair and mm. there was the teacher that I think was like Elaine Stritch who played the teacher whose son was <laughs> killed in Vietnam. So she was like really offended by hair. Oh they did Little Shop of Har's and Dennis Blunden got to be the, was like the plant. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, oh, wow. I, I, I mean, I'm trying to remember if they did any other, I don't know, listen, if you if you can remember whether or not Head of the Class did any other, uh, at Fillmore High, if they did any other musicals other than Grease, Hair, and um, uh, Little Shop of Horrors, email us, ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, uh, we also have a link tree with all of our social media and our tea Public store and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm feeling I'm jonesing to make some more merch, even though, uh, you know, we still have so much on there. I, I don't know. I feel like making more. Yeah,
2: I don't know. Yeah, we got to get back on that. The holidays are coming up. So, you know, get for the Oscar <sighs> Isaac fan in, in your life, for the yeah. Jesse Plemons fan in your life, uh, the Timothy Oliphant fan in your life. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's probably yeah. me. Or John, or me, and John. <laughs> yeah. So <Right>. uh,
0: <laughs> Yeah, check that out. And Dan, what are we going to be doing on our next episode?
2: So for our next movie, we are going to be we're going to be going back to 1986, and we're heading to San Francisco's Chinatown to catch up with John Carpenter and Kurt Russell and Kim Cattrall and James Hong and Big Trouble in Little China.
0: We're getting on the old am, Jack Burton Express baby. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Well, Dan, before we get onto the Jack Burton Express, I uh, I want to wish while you are on a uh, your your journey into the stars and grease lightning a very, very good journey. Good journey.
1: With the heartbreak open So much you can't hide Put on a little makeup, makeup Make sure they get your good side, good side If the word's unspoken Get stuck in your throat Send a treasure token Follow fashion That'd be a joke You know we're gonna set them, set them So everyone can take note, take note When it's all you kneeling Cry words that you mean Opening the eyeballs, eyeballs Pretending that you're out. You're an all-time legend I think the game's gone much too far If the words are spoken I get stuck in the throat Send the treasure token, token Write it on a pound, pound, note. Don't drink, don't smoke What do you do? Don't drink, don't smoke What do you do? Subtle, immuento, spalloman Follow. Must be something inside. Cause I don't drink those smoke. What do you do? Don't drink those smoke What do you do? subtle in you at those. Must be something inside. Cause I don't drink those smoke What do you do? Don't drink those smoke. What do you do? Subtle in you at those. Must be something inside.